How do you remember special events in your life? A birthday, a wedding anniversary, a holiday, a sporting event? You probably have customs and traditions, sights, tastes, and even smells of a particular day or season. Why do we do that? Wearing green and gold paint at an outdoor uh, winter game where a bunch of grown men try to steal an oddly shaped ball from each other, well, that's really kind of pointless. And yet, people do it. It defines you as part of, of a group or a team. Everything we do, really, defines us and it frees us from the inevitable clock ticking to make life a series, a series of remembrances that give worth to our everyday uh, life, even those days of sorrow and loss. Well, the Christian church does the same thing, although sometimes, like today, it actually causes us to focus on that inevitable clock ticking and what it means for us. Today, on Ash Wednesday, we enter the season of Lent. We do things differently on various days and seasons to emphasize different things. We use violet banners that point us to the passion of Christ. And we're thankful for these new banners this season. And our pyramids are, and stoles are black today, a symbol, uh, a color of mourning and repentance. When the Lutheran Church was uh, uh, first organized about 500 years ago, it had to, had to defend itself and its faith against the Roman Church. And the Lutherans made sure to confess this. They said, all the usual ceremonies are also preserved, except that the parts sung in Latin are interspersed here and there with German hymns, which have been added to teach the people. And they say this, for ceremonies are needed for this reason alone, that the unlearned be taught. Ceremonies are needed for this reason alone, that the unlearned be taught. That's why we do everything that we do, to teach everyone, from, from babies to uh, uh, adults over 100. Our ceremonies and traditions are to teach something. And that's in contrast to the idea that our works and ceremonies are, are something that allow us to earn God's favor, that we do them for God. So what do we emphasize and teach in Lent? Well, Lent is a season with an emphasis on our baptismal life, which is to say that it's a season of repentance and turning to God. God declared in our Old Testament lesson, even now, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and grief. Lent is a 40-day journey, which begins today and ends on Easter. Well, why 40? What does that teach? Well, think of all the times that the number 40 is mentioned in Scripture. The flood in Genesis, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And yet through that destructive flood, God saved eight people, Noah and his family. And later on, Peter connects Noah's flood to baptism. And he says, in this ark, that is a few eight souls were saved by water. And corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Another 40. After Jesus himself was baptized by John in the Jordan River, 
He goes into the wilderness where he is tempted by the devil as he fasts for 40 days. And we'll hear this as our gospel lesson on Sunday. Another 40, and the final one, the Exodus, lasts for 40 years. And Israel, too, was baptized in a sense as they passed through the water of the Red Sea from, from slavery in Egypt on the one side of the sea to freedom on the other side. And yet because they complained against God, they had to wander for 40 years in the wilderness before they were allowed to enter into the promised land. And today, Ash Wednesday, the Christian church uses another symbol, ashes. Ashes have been used by thousands of years by faithful Christians as a symbol of repentance. Daniel repented and covered himself with ashes. Mordecai and Esther repented. He put on ashes. Job sat in the middle of ashes as he scraped himself with the potsherd. The people of Nineveh, upon hearing the, the, the God's law from Jonah, covered themselves with sackcloth and ashes. And even Jesus mentioned ashes in connection with repentance as he admonished Chorazin and Bethsaida. And less than 200 years after Christ, Christians were already starting to observe Ash Wednesday. Ashes remind us of God's condemnation of sin. As God said to Adam in the Garden of Eden, dust you are and to dust you will return. Ashes remind us that death itself is the result of the sin of Adam and of our own original sin. And each of us, as David wrote in the psalm that we confessed earlier, are conceived and born in sin because we are all descendants of Adam. And one day each of us will die and we will return to the dust. We are nothing but dust. And that should affect and does affect how we stand before God and what we can do and what we can offer him. And that's the reason in our gospel lesson this evening that Jesus calls out the Pharisees. So the Pharisees had a works righteous faith. The Pharisees would do things in order to make themselves look good before God and before others. They expected to be rewarded by God because of what they did. So what did they do? They prayed. They fasted. They gave to the poor. They went to church. Aren't all those good things? Yes, they are. But they did them not out of love for God, they did them thinking that God would reward them because they did them. And so Jesus doesn't say never fast. He says, when you fast, don't be like the Pharisees, letting everyone else know what you think you are doing for God. He doesn't say don't pray, but when you pray, pray like this. And then he gives them the Lord's Prayer. And the same is true for giving to the poor and going to church and even receiving ashes. Ironically, Ash Wednesday and the entire season of Lent, which are meant to teach us that we are nothing but dust and can't do anything to earn God's favor, has been distorted in the past by people thinking uh, like the Pharisees, with a faith like the Pharisees, thinking ashes and fasting were things that they were doing for God. God, I did this. What are you going to do for me? As Jesus says, Amen, I tell you, they have received their reward. 
In other words, they receive only that which perishes because their trust, their faith, is in themselves. And as ashes pointedly remind us, we are dust, and to dust we will return. Now that would be like Noah boasting that he had saved himself by causing it to rain. We like the Israelites boasting that they caused the Red Sea to part and they saved themselves from Egypt. You know, it's easy for us to criticize other religions that worship idols made from stone and, and things like gold. Well, obviously, those things are made and, and they're obviously going to return back uh, into dust. And yet, how often do we think that we have things that we can offer to God? How often do we put our faith in ourselves? We're going to be destroyed too, just like every man-made idol. I read a quote the other day from Martin Luther who talked about what we can actually produce on our own and give to God and offer to God. And Luther, in his typical blunt way, said something like this. This is what you can offer to God. Snot, spit, feces, and earwax. In other words, the things that we think are pleasing to God are not. They're just filthy because we are nothing but dust. And I think we need to be reminded of this, especially in our day. And that's the purpose of ashes. We need to know who we are before God. And this is important because if you don't know who you are and just how sick you are, you aren't going to seek the right cure. If you have cancer, you can't just walk it off. And this is why it's so common to have a works righteous faith like the Pharisees, because we don't want to believe that we are totally corrupt. We don't want to believe that we are dead in our trespasses and sins, that we have nothing to offer God but are just dust and ashes. So how do we save ourselves then? Well, we don't. But Jesus does. God made him who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And Jesus exchanges his perfection for our sin in baptism. To overcome the fact that you are nothing but dust and ashes, God chose another simple means to save you, baptism. Through baptism, your old sinful man, which was nothing but dust, couldn't clean itself because it was nothing but dust, couldn't even do good clean works because it was nothing but dust, has been crucified in the death of Jesus. You who are nothing but dust and ashes were crucified with him. Your dust has been buried with Jesus. And Jesus was different than any other person who has ever lived because Jesus' body didn't return into dust. Jesus rose from the dead. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we will walk a new life. Baptism actually gives you the power to repent. Baptism converts you. It converts your dead heart to a living faith in Christ. And Jesus marks us in baptism as belonging to him. He gives us his perfection, his holiness, his righteousness. And this is now your identity. It's something much more valuable than, than the green and gold marks worn at a football game. 
To God the Father, you now look as perfect and holy and righteous as Jesus. Your dirt is gone, and you look completely clean. Later in our service, everyone who wishes will have the opportunity to have ashes placed on their forehead. No one will be forced to, and again, this is not something that you are doing for God, but this is a voluntary tradition meant to teach, to remind us of who we are and what it is that we can't do. And if you choose to receive them, ashes will not just be smeared on your head, but will be put on your head in the shape of a cross. When you were baptized, the pastor made the sign of the cross over your forehead with water. And the ashen cross reminds you of just who you are before God. You are a sinner, dead in your trespasses, who has been made holy and alive by the death and resurrection of Jesus. You are, at the same time, saint and sinner. And this is one other thing that Lent teaches us. The 40 days in Lent remind us that even though we've been baptized and the power of sin, death, and the devil have been overcome, we aren't in heaven yet. Like Noah being baptized by the flood, we aren't on the dry ground of the mountain yet. Instead, we face constant storms and the raging waters of the effects of sin. Like the Israelites after being baptized through the Red Sea, we continue to witness death in the scorching desert heat of this life. As we watch our friends and our family die before us as they return to the dust, and like Jesus in the desert for 40 days after his baptism, we still face constant attacks from the devil trying to get us to forsake our baptisms and to put our trust in ourselves and in our own works. Our children's choir will sing later in our service this evening, I think one of the most beautiful hymn verses ever written. It was a hymn written uh, shortly after the Reformation, but that's been recently translated, newly translated and put to music goes like this. Death, you cannot end my gladness. I am baptized into Christ. When I die, I leave all sadness to inherit paradise. Though I lie in dust and ashes, faith's assurance brightly flashes. Baptism has the strength divine to make life immortal mine. Remember that because you and I are sons and daughters of Adam, you are dust, and to dust you will return. But more importantly, remember the second Adam. Remember Jesus, who didn't return to dust. And remember your baptism, because you have been baptized into Christ. Sins can't disturb you, Satan can't accuse you, and even death can't end your gladness. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen.